so you guys, I've been thinking about what Pete Erickson, our director of faith formation, and he has been your fearless leader over this last year in ninth grade confirmation, shared with you last Wednesday night during worship just before your rehearsal. Pete said this to you. He said, confirmation is not about the intellection of your faith. It's not that you all have completed at least 45 worship reflections over the last three years. It is not about those shiny red stoles that you are wearing today, although I have to say your creativity blows my mind, and we love those, but that's not what confirmation is about. It's not that somehow you have resolved every doubt today that you have about God or that you have no more questions about your faith. But doesn't this seem strange to say that this is what confirmation is not about? Because I want to ask you parents and aunt and uncles and godparents and grandparents, how many of us had to memorize scripture and maybe even the small catechism and get up in front of our pastors or another group of people knowing that you would be quizzed on your knowledge? How many of us had to do that at our confirmations? You guys look around. Lots of us had to do that. Confirmation then and sometimes even now in some churches is made to be like a test, a gate you have to pass so you know enough about God and faith and somehow then you receive this rubber stamp of approval from your church that you've got it. It's not what confirmation is about. If you remember anything today, remember this. Today is all about your baptism and the promise that God sealed upon your heart in your life that day. Lucy just read from Romans 6. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. I don't have to ask you to memorize this first because you're going to hear it a lot in your life. It's read at each and every funeral here at Mount Olivet. So 15 years ago or so, when the water was splashed on your head and God's words were spoken... You were baptized into Jesus' death. You went under, way under, like into the deepest, darkest place in the ocean. God held you so securely as you crossed the point of death, and yet just as securely, God brought you back to new life. You were raised so in your baptism, you have already died. You've died to sin. You've died to the devil. And you've died to every last power that can have a hold on you. And then God says, I bring you back now to new life. But ah, this new life. What is this new life and how do we go about and get it? Well, I can tell you this. You're not going to read it in a magazine. It's not easy it doesn't come with a step-by-step to-do process to create a new spirit or a new body. 
New life means looking in a mirror and telling the truth about who you are and who you are not. It's literally about letting go of the control and trusting the God who separated light from darkness, land from water, and who brought life out of chaos in the very beginning of time is still about that work in your life and for every person in this world. And so I want us to think about what does daily dying and rising look like? You don't have to look too far. Carter and Zoe and Annie and Hannah talked about it. I want to share a few examples, but I invite you, I call you in this service to think about how you have died already in your life and how God has raised you again. Dying and rising is that pit in your stomach when you realize that you have hurt someone in what you have said, in what you have posted, in the things that you have done or you haven't done. Dying and rising means then you own that hurt, you ask for forgiveness, and you make amends. Dying and rising is when you have worked so hard academically and have done a zillion sports and activities here at church and in the community, and then you're not accepted to the college of your choice. You have to die to that future that you hope for and rise again to the incredible possibility of what God is doing in your life and what he will continue to do wherever you decide to go to school. Dying and rising is realizing that it's not about accumulating good stuff and making for ourselves a comfortable life. It's about getting out into the world and daring to show up to see a need and to extend compassion to another and then daring to trust that you will receive more than you can ever give. Daily dying and rising is living through a family divorce and trusting that God will be about creating love in the midst of hurt and forgiveness in the midst of anger. Daily dying and rising. I look out and I know you guys have experienced this because you've told us about it. It's in the everyday things of life. The promise is you've already died and you've been raised again. And it's our call to claim that in how we live each day. And so what your confirmation is about, and I would say not just this Sunday, but every single day, is claiming the mystery and the promise of what God has done for you and what he continues to do in your life. And so now you understand it can't be about what we claim to know or understand about our faith. It can't be about perfect attendance in confirmation class. It's the claim and the promise that God has poured into your heart and he's marked it on your forehead. You have died and you have been raised. And there's nothing in this world that can keep you from God's love. And since that moment at the font... God has been active and present in your life, moving and growing, even if you haven't been aware of this. And so I want to tell you today, you will not miraculously receive God's Holy Spirit. It's been there at every moment, and we have seen it moving in your life. 
God's Holy Spirit within you and among you will continue to move and lead you as you learn and grow. And it's quite apparent to Mary and Amy and Holly and Bree and Dave and Joe, Pastor John and Pete, all your Bible Explorer teachers, all the people of this community of faith, that God's Spirit is stirring within you. You're asking good questions. You're asking good questions about God's presence in this broken world. You see God manifest in the actions of others, people of different faiths. And you are beginning to perceive how you yourselves can bear witness of God's love and hope by the things that you do each day. You have shared with us beautiful stories of how you have experienced God and how you extend God's presence to others. You're wrestling with questions and wondering about your role in contributing all of this to the world. And each of you do it in such a beautiful way. And I invite all of us during the service, look at these statements of faith that are printed that the kids will share. Look at their faith projects out in the welcome area. Your expressions are as in individual as all these things, even Gretchen and Audrey, identical twins. It's amazing to me that you are so markedly unique in your thoughts and expressions. And so for this, you give us hope. There are big ideas and dreams in your hearts and a call from God to use these incredible talents to be about what this world so desperately needs. Someday you may be teaching our kids or grandkids. You may care for me in the hospital, bring voice to those people who need food, homes, or work. Or maybe you will research the next medical cure. Or maybe you'll have a time in your life where you're stuck in depression and feeling overwhelmed in this life. I'm telling you right now, your path will not be perfect or straight. It's not supposed to be. You need to die and rise each day, each time, trusting that God has got you, that he's there for you, and he does. So I'm wondering today, to you wonderful 26 of you in ninth grade, confirmads in the white and the red, I'm wondering today what you will do so you don't forget that in your baptism, you have already died and have been raised what will you do to be reminded that each and every day you have the opportunity to die to guilt and regret and missed opportunity and disappointment and bad decisions and self-centeredness and begin again knowing that God is with you, creating a new path and a new beginning. You see, when we hear again what God has already done on our behalf, we have the freedom then to not worry about ourselves, but instead to extend ourselves to make this mark of love upon others. You see, God's grace that comes and has come and will continue to come, it transforms us, it changes us, and it sets our heart in a new direction. But we need to hear this again and again because we forget what this promise does to us. It saves us, it holds us, and then it sets us loose and free to be about this work of love, hope, compassion, unity, 
community in the world. So all of you, we celebrate individually and together as a class. We celebrate your incredible leaders who have been walking with you, your parents, all those people. But most of all, what we celebrate today is that you have already died and have been raised in Jesus Christ. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Thanks be to God. Amen.